This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And not with me today is my buddy, my cousin, my pal, the man with the plan, the one and only John Malika. He is still out in Kenya. Like I said, he won't be back uh, until after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Jets game. So that's where we get our boy back. As of right now, it's just me. You'll see Greg on the Jets preview as they come up, uh, as they face the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you'll see him back again. But as of right now, like I said, just me. So let's hang. Let's talk about the New York Knicks. Let's get this thing going. We just saw the, the New York Knicks face the Minnesota Timberwolves. So we're going to talk about that. Going to discuss some other topics. Talk about Kemba Walker because he was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Also got to discuss Quentin Grimes because he's providing that spark that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. And it's good to see him finally getting some substantial minutes. Also got to discuss uh, the upcoming slate. And we could discuss a little bit of Evan Fournier and whether or not he should be traded because we did go into detail on that on Knicks Fan TV the other night. So I do want to bring that up for this podcast. So let's start off with the New York Knicks facing the Minnesota Timberwolves. So Knicks take on the Timberwolves. They win tonight, 96 to 88. And first unit, when you watch them, it looked like they were having a tough time to defeat the zone. They were playing, they were playing a little soft, a little tentative. They were, they weren't really in it as we saw them the past couple of games. I would say for them tonight, it was really because of the zone. It could be because of traveling that this is their first night, their first game, I should say, of a back-to-back. Tomorrow, they're going to face the Detroit Pistons. So first game of a back-to-back. They're traveling two days off after uh, an electric high against the Atlanta Hawks. So all those things could factor in into why they weren't ready. or not necessarily ready, but they weren't up for this game. But, hey, an ugly win, a fine win is still a win. So Good for them because this will help them bring the confidence going against the Detroit Pistons tomorrow night, who is who they defeated last week. So they should be able to do it again, even off of a back-to-back. Pistons are a struggling team, very young team at that. We got a veteran-savvy team. So maybe they're also looking ahead a little bit and saying, hey, we got another game. We got to get this win streak, so we can't use all of our energy tonight. We got we to pace ourselves. They could be thinking that as well. So these are some aspects when you're looking at the score, when you watch this game tonight and you see they're having a difficult time with the zone, they're, they're, they're probably conserving themselves because they do want to get on that winning streak, right? They need to because that's the only way they're going to get back in this Eastern Conference race that's it's just stacked right now, okay? There's a lot of parity in this league. It's difficult. It, this is a tougher year for, for the New York Knicks. We said that coming in. Last season, they overachieved. They were the fourth seed of the Eastern Conference. This season, not as easy. They could, if they're if they're lucky enough, I think they could be six seed, fifth max based on the talent. But it would also wouldn't surprise me if they're a playing team this year too. Uh, so that's how that's how that's how difficult this Eastern Conference is, and it's important for this team to gel. And they're starting to gel. We started to see that last week, and didn't really have all that tonight. But you could still say, hey, this team gelled because they were able to get the win. Granted, it was against a a lesser Minnesota Timberwolves team. They didn't have Carl Anthony Towns. They didn't have D'Angelo Russell. They didn't have their two top guns out there. Uh, And they also didn't have Anthony Edwards. So they don't have those three guys. And what does that mean? You know, they're playing a a lesser team. Sure, they have Malik Beasley. But, and they they have Pat Beverly. 
but this isn't their true starting starting lineup, you know. So New York Knicks should come in here and win. So they may have also played down to the West, played down to the competition as well, because their shooting says says so. But keep it on track. Tonight it was really looking at this, the starting unit who got most of the minutes. And they weren't able to break that zone. Like Mitchell Robinson had a really good night, go seven for eight, got you 14 points. He got you 18 rebounds, 12 defensive rebounds, six offensive rebounds. He was really cleaning up all the shots today because he saw some air balls from Julius Randle, Kemba Walker. Shots that, you know, if you're playing pickup, you go like, you take that shot and you're like, pass. And that's really, <laughs> you know, it's, it was just a bad shot. And thank God you got a center who's able to clean it up, thankfully. So Mitch was showing out tonight. That's what, you, you know, you like to see that he's progressing in that way. It looks like he's lost weight. Uh, it doesn't look like he's too, he's definitely not too weight anymore. The last time he checked, he checked in with the reporters, he was down to 265. But you can see that he's getting more mobile. He's able to block shots. He's that lob threat. And you can see the, the muscle that he added on uh, now that he's more physical because he's able to get these defensive rebounds. He's able to get those putbacks and go through contact. That's why he needed to put on this weight. So it's good to see that he's finally getting into game shape. It's taken a while, but let's see. Like, he's going through a good stretch right now. Let's see if he can keep this up, although kudos to Mitch. Now, you want to talk about Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, the guys who we who, who have been on point the last, you know, more so Kemba than Julius, but who've been on point the last couple of games. And like I said, more so Kemba. Julius had a good game against Atlanta. You know, he's gotten his points. It's not pretty, but – we're now seeing that he's giving Kemba the keys, as Derek Rose said at the beginning of the season, giving Kemba the keys to run this offense. And that's what we need. We need a guard that can go downhill, that's able to attack the, attack the paint, get into the teeth of the def defense, kick it out to guys on the perimeter to find the open looks, or just shuffle the defense. That way guys can then start to drive in, get their mid-range shots, attack downhill, even get some screens in there, backdoor screens or even on-ball screens as guys are moving, set them up. So if someone gets the ball, there's a screen ready for them and they're able to attack and just go down the lane, right? That's the stuff that we needed from a point guard and Kemba's giving that to us now. He didn't really have that tonight. It's pretty difficult for his own. They were, you know, as soon as uh, Mitch was setting a screen or, or, or Randall was setting a screen, there was two defenders. So it was hard for Kemba to get around tonight. And instead, what you need to do is attack the center and get the short passes. And they did that for a little bit more. So the second unit than the first unit. So that's why they struggled a little bit and they really had to attack out and transition, which, you know, they, they did it. They did a fair, they did a, eh, I don't even know if a fair is like the right word for it. You know, they got, they got eight points. It was okay. Usually they can uh, uptick it a little bit more when they have Derek Rose, but it was fine for, for tonight. You saw that. You saw that because of the zone, they were having a difficult time getting downhill, as I was saying. So it was okay, but I feel like they could have done more attacking on transition. That was more so the second unit because you have Obi Toppin and guys who are ready just to push the pace. So Knicks need to be better about that, uh, especially when they're getting someone's attacking with the zone. They really have to figure out how to find the guys leaking out or guys need to also start leaking out because that's the one thing Obi and others will do outside of the starting unit is that they will leak out and are willing to attack the paint because Fournier will leak out, but he's looking to take a jumper. Randall will leak out sometimes, but not really looking to always drive in. RJ's the guy looking to drive in, although he's not the best finisher. And sometimes he makes questionable decisions on who he should pass to first units just got to come together and figure out what they're going to do when they're out there and they're being, 
they're being fronted with his own. But moving along, second, you know, like I said, they played efficient tonight. Uh, if I had to talk about anyone coming off the bench who is the most notable thing was Quentin Grimes, first guy off the bench. He offers that three and D, uh, that three and D aspect that this team is missing because there is no Reggie Bullock. So it's good seeing him out there getting these minutes. He's not shooting, you know, the the the, the greatest, especially from the field overall. He shot three for nine, so he shot thirty three percent, thirty three percent tonight. He got you eleven points off the bench, four for eleven from the field. But the thing that he offers is that tenacious defense. He's fighting around screens. He's chasing guys all over the court. He's willing to move, you know, guys that you need to do that. We don't have Reggie Bullock and guys in the starting unit aren't going to do that. Kimball Walker is, you know, he's doing a good job doing that, but he's not going to be a lockdown defender. He's not, he's a point guard. And most of your point guards are not going to be lockdown defenders. So that's already, you know, we can always put that out the window. Julius Randle, he's taking a little step back in def- defense. He picks and chooses when he wants to. I get that he has to be the offense, but he needs to do a little bit more on defense as well. RJ Barrett, he's going to try to give you that defensive consistency. Once again, he's coming off of health and safety protocols, so he's still trying to get back into rhythm as well. Provide some good defense, not taking that away from him. Offense needs to come around because he didn't get his eight points until uh, the fourth quarter, which were very crucial to help the Knicks win the game. But he's still trying to get back into it and give you that well-balanced. And it's been tough because he was struggling and now coming out of health and safety protocols. It's tough, man. RJ season overall has just been a little rough, but sticking with Grimes, that's why. Like, that's why you do it. And we know what Evan Fournier is not going to be that defense. That That's why you want Quentin, Quentin Grimes coming off the bench because he offers that to you. And it's so, it's so apparent when Tibbs puts him in over Evan Fournier with a minute 40 left to go in the fourth quarter because he knows, hey, I need to win. Fournier is not giving me defense. Sure, he gave me 13 points tonight, but – he gave me 13 points off of five for 14 shooting three for seven from three, no free throws, not getting you the context so he can get to the line. Never been a guy to really do that. And not, not saying that uh, Quentin Grimes is that guy either, but Quentin Grimes at least is a tenacious defender. So Tiz puts him back out there. And I don't even like the thing that is, is great is set, is seeing that he got 31 minutes tonight. Quentin Grimes got 31 minutes tonight. Have all the guys on the bench. And maybe it's because, Hey, Quickly still working his way back. So is Obi Toppin. Taj Gibson, Mitchell Robinson is having a, having a night. So you want to keep it going for him. And then you look at Alec Burks. Alec Burks, he was okay tonight. But when you look at Quentin Grimes, Tibbs is like, hey, I need that defender out there. I need that guy who's going to give it his all. Guy who's going to dive on the ball, dive on the ground for balls. And that's what he's doing. So you see that Tibbs is noticing that. He's noticing his good play. He's rewarding his good play. Our first overall draft pick is getting good minutes this season, which we should be hyped about because he also got good minutes against the Atlanta Hawks where he got 15 points as well. Didn't shoot efficiently either, but the thing that he's doing is that he's a quick trigger, man. When he gets that ball, he is putting it up with that beautiful shot. Just give it time, and that thing is going to drop. It, it is That is a prototypical jumper, and it's so beautiful. Man, happy that, he's, happy that he's on our team, and that's why t- Tim sees it. Tibbs sees it. That's why he's getting minutes. So when, and it's funny because I talked about this on Knicks fan TV too, uh, TV last night is that we hear Tibbs doesn't like to play the kids. And I'll say that he probably didn't really have kids that he wanted to play like outside of Jimmy Butler. And maybe you could say, Hey, Tibbs has learned from that moment because let's look at last season. I said this last night on KnicksFanTV.com. I'm not the Knicks fan TV. Sorry. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. 
You know, we had Austin Rivers last season. If Tibbs was so vet heavy, could have gone with Austin Rivers. He didn't. When Mitch was healthy and when Noel were healthy, they could have gone with Taj at the four, but they didn't. Granted, there is there could be some politics saying, hey, this is our first overall draft pick. We're not putting Taj Gibson out there. Get these young guys some minutes because this is our future. But these guys also earned it and were deserving to get those minutes too. It's not just, hey, he's a first. And they're not going to let someone just flounder out there who's not going to give any critical minutes. And Obi was warning. And once Derrick Rose came, he started to see, hey, he started to get better, started to be aggressive on the boards, looking to leak out, do all those things. And now he's doing it very well this season. Manuel quickly getting critical minutes because he offered – shooting last season something this team needed we needed shooters and it was like he's getting minutes fast forward to this season you see quentin grimes is like three and d guy we don't have reggie bullock so we need that guy and that's what they're doing they're giving him that time because they say we need that guy and he's offering us valuable minutes and he helped tonight with a win and he helped in a win against the atlanta hawks and you saw him put up 27 against the milwaukee bucks that's not a fluke so he's not going to average 27, but you see that shot is pure. So keep him in there. And it's good to see that Tibbs is recognizing these kids are, are, are valuable and they're, he's giving them minutes. It's going to be interesting once we see Deuce McBride come back. Because tonight, 10 guys played. I want to know how McBride's going to get in there. It's going to be a question of the season. I think he's deserving of minutes too. He's a playmaker. He's a shooter. He's silky smooth with that jumper. Crafty quarterback the offense he did that against houston sure you could say that was against houston but the fact that he got nine assists 15 points that's not nothing for a rookie that's impressive he needs minutes too Tibbs is gonna have an interesting interesting uh issue we have talent which is a good thing but it's interesting issue because we've never had where 10 guys more than 10 guys actually need to play because you're not evaluating them for figuring out like when was it fisdale and hornacek or whoever, where it's like, well, we should play these guys so we know what we have. No, we actually do want know what these guys can do. How do we get these guys actual minutes? That's the question. So it was good to see Grimes out there. Good to see Tibbs is relying on the kids. Good to see that they're getting minutes because they're playing well. You'll love to see it. Yo, guys, you know what it is. Got to do this live ad read. You know what? You, you, if you've been listening to the other episodes, you know what I'm about to do. Look, Minute Media owns Fansided. They also own the Players' Tribune, you know, the publication that was started by Derek Jeter, all right? And they got a wonderful podcast over there, which the hosts, we're talking about Quentin Richardson, Q Rich, former New York Nick, you know what it is, and Darius Miles. These guys have been hosting the Knuckleheads podcast for the past seven seasons, all right? The Knuckleheads podcast brings on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. They brought on guests such as Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan. They've also brought on some other guests, you know, high-profile musicians, high-profile entertainers in all different spheres. So guys, make sure to go over and check out the Knuckleheads podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. They're all over there. Make sure to go check them out. Man, so that's from the game. We could talk about Kemba Walker's resurgence for a little bit because we saw him get that triple-double against the Atlanta Hawks on Christmas Day, which is just an awesome game. Great way to celebrate uh, uh, Christmas. And actually, now that I think about it, should have said at the beginning of the pod, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone. 
if you celebrate. And Happy New Year coming up. If you don't listen to any of the Jets episodes, I should think about that. I need to think about that more for the next episodes because I feel like I, I, it's that concept where you think everyone listens to all the episodes, but some of you are, are Giants fans, but you want to listen to the next episode. Some of you are Jets fans that don't listen to the next because they're Nets fans. Or you might be both and you listen to all of it. So just make sure I cover my bases. Just making sure I cover my bases. The Kimball Walker, guys. Resurgence. Resurgence. Since the Boston Celtics, he has been looking good. Tonight was a struggle, like I said earlier, but he's been looking good. Player, Eastern Conference Player of the Week, fitting for the New York Knicks, right? You bench this guy, next thing you know, he's winning awards, coming back with a vengeance, and it's awesome. Hometown kid, Bronx native, the prodigal son of New York. He's doing it, and he's being aggressive, which he wasn't when he started the season. I was telling everyone over on Knicks fan TV that he had a usage of 20% when he started the season. And in these last, the last four games, I didn't get tonight. I don't know if the I don't think the sets are up yet for tonight. He's at 25% around 25% for usage while Julius Randall started off with like 25, 26 at the beginning of the season for the 18 games playing with Kemba last four, he's up 29%. These guys are start, starting to figure out how to work with each other. They're being aggressive. They're trying to attack. You love seeing once again, struggled tonight against the Timberwolves, but they're starting to figure it out. Let's hope it translates into something. This win should help them keep them motivated moving forward to figure it out. But really nice to Kimball Walker. Okay. 44 points against the Washington Wizards, triple double against the Atlanta Hawks, over 30 points against the Boston Celtics. Two good games. You know, you have a game against the Detroit Pistons, which is good as well. Yo, Kemba's been Kemba's been on a roll. Kemba's been on a roll, and I love to see it. And you know we're going to have to rely on him because Derrick Rose is still out. He's going to be out for the next seven to eight weeks. We'll be reevaluated then off his uh, ankle surgery, which was successful. So he's going to be important. Tibbs is going to rely on that veteran point guard because you need someone who has that experience to control an offense. People are saying maybe Deuce McBride. You heard Mark Berman of the New York Post go on Knicks Fan TV and say it could be uh, Deuce McBride being the starting point guard, and he wouldn't be surprised. I'd be surprised. I would be surprised about that. I would be surprised about a rookie starting at point guard. I like it's one thing to be like John Morant, Deuce McBride. I'm not saying he's the point. He can't be the point guard of the future. I'm not saying that he's only a bench player. I'm not saying any of that. I don't think he's. I don't think he's like John Morant. He could be. I like. I'm not, I can't go off of one sample size against the Houston Rockets and a little bit of the games that we saw, you know, especially against the Golden State Warriors. But I think the safe part is that he could be a good bench player right now. So if he can be, hey, be more than happy. But a little, it's, it's a little too wishful thinking. Maybe it'd be a little unrealistic. So Kem is going to be a, a key important factor for this team. And I like what he's doing right now. Hopefully he can bounce back from tonight because he only had, he only had 10 points tonight, shot three for 11. Like I said, hopefully he gets back on track. All right, guys, keeping it moving along. Got to discuss this Evan Fournier stuff because we had a whole huge discussion and we can keep this thing going. And it was JD, uh, CP and myself. And we're discussing, would you trade Evan Fournier? And I'm saying yes. I agree that I agree that we should trade Evan Fournier. Um, 
because I think it will be more difficult for Tibbs to manage that. And I'd like to see Quentin Grimes and Deuce McBride get some valuable minutes because I think they can help, especially Deuce uh, McBride. Like I get what Evan Fournier does. I get what he offers. I get that he offers playmaking. I get that he offers shot creation. I get that he offers you three-point shooting from a catch-and-shoot standpoint as well. He's not strictly a catch-and-shoot player, which is what they were doing with him for most of the time to start off the season. So maybe he can get into a rhythm and come back alive because we've seen him do well against Boston. We've seen him play well against Atlanta. We've seen him play well in other games. He's been having a good outing this entire past four street, these past four games up until tonight. You know he's a liability on defense. He's a, solid, he's a, he's a decent team defender, not a good on-ball defender. He doesn't have that physicality that Grimes or McBride has. But I'm looking to trade him because I want Grimes to get those minutes. You could say, Alex, uh, we saw what happens when we don't have another guy who can at least offer playmaking and shot creation. We saw what Reggie Bullock offers. Why would you want that? Because RJ is not even offering what Evan Fournier is offering from a realistic standpoint. And, you know, you could say, well, RJ doesn't get the ball in his hands enough to show that. RJ can also demand it and do it too. That's my, that's my stance as well. Uh, and I like RJ and I want RJ to succeed, but I think if you want from a veteran standpoint, a little bit more crafty because RJ is not crafty. Like as much as I can say that Evan Fournier should be traded, I can be realistic and say Evan Fournier does offer a little bit more uh, creativity off the dribble than RJ better shooter than RJ right now. RJ's going through a rough, a rough patch. I can, I can be honest and say those things, but I do want to see Grimes like get more minutes because I feel like that is what we need. And I feel like with Kemba and uh, Randall, that's enough. I think Evan Fournier, like you could still use him. Ah, just move him and just get Grimes more minutes. I think Grimes is going to need those minutes to, to really develop. And we can also see what Grimes has. You know, there are some instances where we see Grimes dribble and is able to pass it and look for guys. There, there's, there's some playmaking in there and some ability to put on the floor. And guys just need repetitions in order to get there. So you can't hold him back. And I think he can offer us something. And the other thing is my question, because this is the thing when it comes to Fournier. I get that we need veterans to be competitive and to stay successful. But at some point, what is the overall goal? If we're not, if we know we're not winning a championship this season, and that was never the that was never in sights to begin with, then why keep a guy around where you can get some, where you can still win? get to the playoffs. And yeah, this is, this is assuming a lot, but you're also assuming that Evan Fournier can do that too. And Evan Fournier is not known to be, you know, you've seen him successful in the Olympics. You've seen him make the playoffs with the magic a couple of times. Granted the magic were in an Eastern conference. That was just, that was just terrible. Wouldn't you rather game back to what I'm trying to say, wouldn't you rather move a guy and develop Quentin Grimes over Evan Fournier, even if you know, that you're not going to win the chips this season, which is the ultimate goal. So why not move him and get Quentin Grimes more reps and see what you got there? That's just my thought process. That's just my thought process with it because you could be looking to even get more assets too when you trade Fournier, right? We discussed second rounders. We've seen how successful with the second rounders. You can look at Mitchell Robinson. 
Deuce McBride, Rokas Yokobaitis, uh, Jericho Sims. There's four guys right there in the second round that the Knicks have drafted that are looking good so far. And if you think about getting another set of two, two second rounders, which is just good fodder for like any trade to begin with, and the Knicks have been collecting second rounders like it's nobody's business. It's just good to just have more assets there that, that are tradable. Uh, not, I'm not really like on the book standpoint because Fournier's contract is not that bad. Like I look at Davis Bertans and other guys out there. It's just salary filler. Guys are moving by trade. So you need to have some sort of salary on your books that you can move. And Fournier's contract is just that. It's not terrible. I don't, it's like most of these guys are slightly overpaid to begin with. I think he's slightly overpaid. He's not making the same amount that he got with Orlando. So it's not the contract's not the situation. It's more so moving him to give Quentin Grimes that run and even opening up another spot for Deuce McBride to get that run as well. That's what I'm looking at. That is what I'm looking at. It's addition by subtract. It's addition, it's addition by subtraction. That's how I look at this situation. And that's why I think he should be moved. And there's guys that we've seen like where it's been where we have some sort of precedent for moving somebody to open up for somebody, for another player. And this is not to compare talent. This is not to compare anything along those lines, but just think about it. Malik Beasley was on the Denver Nuggets. He was moved and opened up a path for Michael Porter Jr. That's why, you know, he was moved. It was hard to even say, we're going to keep all these guys and we want to keep Michael Porter Jr. You have to move somebody. And even Michael Porter Jr. was still having, he was even playing that season. Then he comes out. Uh, same season where they go into the bubble and you're like, okay, they got something here. So one reason why, you know, you, you move a player to create an opportunity for someone else. Same thing when it came to Draymond Green, granted, they didn't move Draymond, uh, David Lee, David Lee was injured, but even after his injury, they didn't go back to him because they're like, Oh, we need this guy. And then they did move on from, uh, David Lee. Another one is Daniel Tice. They moved Daniel Tice to open up for Robert Williams because they want to trust him. You look at the Magic. They trade uh, Vooch to get minutes for Mobamba. So these are just examples, and they're not the same. I get it. It's it's all different situations. You know, Vooch. You're trying to go younger. You're moving off of him. That's why you got you're going with Mobamba. Daniel Tice might be the most similar one where you move somebody, even though they've been good for you. Granted, Daniel and Daniel Tice was good for the Celtics, and they moved him for Robert Williams because they're like, "Oh, we got some potential here. Let's let's get something going." David Lee, like I said, injury for Draymond Green, Monta Ellis, talent is not even the same. But they're like, "We can't have both of them. We gotta, we want Steph to shine, so we gotta get rid of Monta. That's why." And then Malik Beasley for Michael Porter Jr. So it's not like we haven't done this before. They're not saying I've done this before. But it's not that we haven't seen this before. So it would make sense that they could move Fournier to open up minutes for Quentin Grimes, even though he got 31, but to get everybody else more involved too and still help the development of this team. All right, guys, I've been talking for a while. I know you're probably sick of me at this point. I'm impressed I'm actually going on this long. So let's wrap it up with this schedule and get out of here. So Knicks are starting their mini road trip. They started tonight against Minnesota, and they won. First game of a back-to-back. When this podcast comes out, they will be facing the Detroit Pistons. I think that should be a win. We saw it last week. 
Knicks were able to beat the Pistons 105 to 91 uh, on the backs of Fournier, Robinson, uh, Kemba Walker, all those guys. So I think the Knicks should be able to go into Detroit and win as well. Detroit's a struggling team. They're a young team. They're not, they're still trying to figure out how to win. And the Knicks are more together than the Pistons where they should be able to win even on the second of a back-to-back. Next game, it would be Friday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, you know, I did this with John before he comes back. He's going to be back after the uh, Pacers game. I think the Knicks should win this one too. Uh, Oklahoma can be a little feisty. Uh, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. They did defeat us last season too. But I think the Knicks should be able to beat Oklahoma City. They do need to get that win as well because the next game will be against the Toronto Raptors, who have been giving us an issue this entire season and they just have the next number. They know to go zone. They have the guys who can score. They just play good defense. This is going to be a grueling game. So the Knicks need to rack up these wins because Toronto is probably going to be that game that even though it can go either way, I could see the Toronto Raptors winning that one and coming away with a victory. Now you got the Indiana Pacers. This is going to be on national TV. I think the Knicks are going to get up again because they love to get up for national TV. They just love to perform and show everyone what they're capable of doing. And I think this one's going to be a win. I think they're going to defeat the Indiana Pacers. And then look at that. Look at that. Let's see. Is that it? That is it. That is it. That's where we're going to end. That's where we're going to end off because then Wednesday we'll get John back and he'll be able to discuss when the Knicks play the Boston Celtics twice, same week, January 6th and January 8th. So, Wrap it up. Like I said, we get a win over Detroit, get a win over Oklahoma City, get that L against Toronto, win over Indiana, and that's how the Knicks are going to end it. They're going to end this. For me, from starting from now, it'd be they're going four and uh, four and one, but overall, it's five and one. I think the Knicks can come out five and one and get back into good position for this. So, guys, that's all I got for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another solo dolo uh, of. One, Alex Terrace, the Tratocaster, everyone, as everyone likes to say. Thank you for everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if that's where you listen to us. If you don't, it's okay. We're on Amazon Alexa. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. You name it, we are there. On top of that, we're on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. All right. Hit that subscribe. Hit that like button. Hit the notification bell so that way you know when you get new episodes. We also got winning picks weekly. Greg is doing a solo dolo as well while John's out. But those guys have been doing a great job going down the NFL slate and giving their takes. And then last, certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. Let's go.